That's big time. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Oh, did he felt that one? Intensity is not a perfume. It was a no-doubter. Five, four, three, two, one. We are up in the bird's nest here in the warehouse at Oreo Park at Camden Yards. I'm Brendan Mortensen alongside Matt Bonaparte. Bones, you missed probably the best night at the ballpark last night. Orioles hosted a Bark in the Park event. Maybe the best Simba cam of the year where instead of everybody holding up babies that they brought to the game, everybody held up dogs. Just a just a fantastic. That's regrettable that I missed it. It is. I wish I were here. That's a huge I mean, miss from you. Th- these things happen. Um, I do love dogs, so that that's a huge miss from who me. Who doesn't? People. Who, who there would, are people out there. I don't trust those people. I, I didn't say you should. I, I don't trust them at all. Because right. if there's a bark in the park event, you know I'm there. <laughs> you know I'm there. There's no doubt. Yeah, and you should be. I wish I saw that Simba cam. Is it better than Fuji's from the bullpen? It might have been. Wow. It might have been the best Simba cam, like ever. Uh, wow, that that. I mean, it, it was considering there, it was one in the Lion King. That's tough. It was up there with Ben McDonald and Jim Palmer holding Kevin Brown up wow. in the air from the broadcast booth. It was that You're level of quality. Up. Yeah, I might have to go back and watch. You might have to. All right. It was also a big night at Camden Yards because of the return of John Means. That's what we're going to be talking about today. John Means back on the mound. For the Baltimore Orioles, outside of what it means from a baseball perspective, just to start, it's a cool story overall. I mean, John Means, it's been a long time coming. We have not seen John Means on a big league mound since April of 2022. He was an all-star in 2019, the Orioles representative there. So just to see your all-star pitcher back on the mound, recovering from Tommy John's surgery, we know that Tommy John has become more commonplace. It's not shocking to see a pitcher back and and pitching well, as we saw John Means do last night, after having Tommy John surgery. But it's still a very cool comeback story. We know how long the road to recovery is, especially this year with John Means, where you know he had some weird fluky stuff going on injury-wise with his back while he was trying to rehab. Just nice to see him back on the mound from a personal standpoint. Absolutely. Uh, any comeback, especially one from an injury that's going to uh, take a long time like Tommy John does, it's good to see a guy back. And like you said, he had fluky injury stuff, and a lot of times that's what keeps ball players off the field for good. So it's good yeah. to see that he overcame a lot of that, all of that, and that he's back on the mound. Yeah, so let's talk about what we saw last night. Final line is five innings of work, three earned runs, four hits, Didn't walk anybody, but only had one strikeout and allows two home runs on 75 pitches. I think he pitched a little bit better than his line would indicate. The mistake, quote-unquote, to Paul Goldschmidt on the home run in the first inning, I wouldn't really call it a mistake. A foot above the zone. It was a pitch that was elevated, but it was like (laughs) at Paul Goldschmidt's chin. So that's like, all right. He's just Goldie. That's just Goldie. I don't, I don't really count that as a huge mistake against John Means. Yeah, I mean, it was then, a solid pitch. Right. Not a great pitch, I guess, because it's elevated and it's to a good power It was out of the zone. I mean, Smith, what can you out, ask for? Right. It was out of the zone. And then in the second inning, John Means loads the bases with nobody out. But there wasn't a hard hit ball that inning until Mason Wynn records an out. 
Yeah. At Mason Wynn's liner to Cedric Mullins in center field was the hardest hit ball of the inning by far. Yeah. So John Means loads the bases without walking anybody, without giving up a lot of hard contact, and then he gets out of it, only allowing one earned run. So I think you take that as a win. And then gives up another solo home run to Palacios. It was a good inning, over, a good outing overall. I think Ben McDonald's, you know, was talking about the fact that it looked like pretty much the same John Means from seasons ago, and which is definitely encouraging. Yeah. yeah, not a guarantee at so all. So I think it was an encouraging start overall. I agree. Just to go back to that second inning uh, where he did load the bases, I always like to see that out of a guy when... You like to see him load the bases? Let me finish. Let me fin- <laughs> I knew that was coming. I like to see him have an opportunity to work out of a jam to see what it's going to look like when a guy comes back, is he going to be able to work out of a jam? Because for a starting pitcher, that's one of your biggest qualities is your capability to work out of it when you're in the mud. Uh, and he did a really good job of that. Jordan Walker gets a sack fly RBI, but that was the only thing that came of it. Uh, and I, that was incredibly encouraging uh, for me to see from John Means in that second inning. Yeah, Bill on, co- on Facebook commenting that the way he pitched last night doesn't really mean much. I don't think I disagree. It- I don't think you take the results and move forward with that, but I think it's absolutely indicative of what you can expect from John Means moving forward, how he feels physically. We didn't know what the fastball was going to look like. The fastball was down a few ticks in velocity in the minor leagues. It was down to, you know, John Means was throwing it right around 92 miles an hour in the minors. Last night it was up to 94. That's definitely encouraging because the fastball was right around 94 a few years ago before the Tommy John surgery. So you weren't really sure what the velocity was going to look like. And again, the most important part of this start for me was seeing how far they let him go and how he felt physically after the game. And he only threw 75 pitches, which I think was interesting. There was a question when he came out in the fifth inning, he was at 75 is he going to go back in for the sixth? And talking to John Means after the game, he said, yeah, I felt like I could have gone back out for the sixth. This is probably the best I've felt physically in a while, which is huge. Yeah. Because we have had the discussion on this show in the weeks leading up to John Means' return, knowing it was coming, seeing the rehab starts. He was only getting five innings of work at AAA Norfolk. His last two starts in AAA... He went five innings both times. He did get up to 86 pitches in one of those starts. But his last rehab start, he tossed five innings, only threw 67 pitches. So the plan was clearly, you're going to throw five innings, regardless of how many pitches you throw. Maybe that was just the plan last night as well. Just, you're going to throw five innings. If it takes you 50 pitches, you're going to throw five innings. If it takes you 85, it's going to be five innings either way. But the fact that he felt great physically afterwards and felt like he could have pitched into the sixth inning, I think is a really encouraging sign. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When a guy comes back from an injury like that uh, and is feeling physically fit, that's a win. It's a huge, huge win because that's not always a guarantee. Uh, And for him to come back and offer a really sound start uh, from an injury of that length, I think is is huge huge for this team and going forward into fall baseball having a guy who's a veteran uh, and has had prior success to come in and, and be back is so so massive for them yeah so let's talk 
expectations here for John Means. As I mentioned, he hadn't pitched since April of 2022. He was an all-star back in 2019, and he started 26 games in 2021 with an ERA of 362. That 362 ERA would be the second best among starting pitchers on this team right now behind Kyle Bradish. It would be a better ERA than Tyler Wells, who had a 380 ERA in 21 games. And then if you're not counting Tyler Wells because he's not currently in the rotation, your second best starting pitcher ERA is Dean Kramer at a 425. So adding in somebody who has a track record of an ERA right around 360 is pretty solidly your second best starting pitcher in the rotation. And that's not to say that John Means is going to come back and be the exact same pitcher that he was in 2019 and in 2021. But again, he recorded right around a 360 ERA in those two full seasons. And you don't necessarily need it to be that. But even an ERA of like four or in the low fours is still the second best starting pitcher ERA on this team. And again, as Ben McDonald said on Masson last night, it looked like the same John Means. Ben McDonald pretty much said the only difference he was seeing in John Means last night is that he wasn't really attacking right-handed pitchers with the fastball inside. That feels like a pretty small difference compared to what the differences could have been from John Means on the mound last night. Threw a ton of changeups. 29 changeups to 26 fastballs. This is pitch? Yeah. This is pitch. Um, so I see what Ben's talking about there. But... To your point about whether or not he has to come back and, you know, what he has to offer this rotation for him to be valuable, like, the bar is pretty low in that regard. He just has to come back and be able to give you five innings like he did last night because this offense is so darn good. Sixth in the majors in runs scored this year, this offense. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to offer you support nine times out of ten. Uh, and if you can go out there and give them five innings of three runs, there's a, a most cases with this team, you're going to win the game. So yeah. if he can do that often and consistently, John Means is going to be incredibly effective for this team. Yeah, and he filled up the strike zone. Yeah. 55 pitches, 55 strikes on his 75 pitches. Yeah. That's really good. James McCann, after the game, again, was really impressed with his tempo, which is, you know, kind of an underrated part of this is that John Means, like, this is really his first exposure to the pitch clock. Yeah. Because John Means... I was thinking about that too last night. Very underrated that yeah. John Means did not get the exposure to that. I mean, I'm sure he was practicing it while he was rehabbing and things like that, but this was his first game with the pitch clock at the big league level, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, let's be honest about, you know, the game last night. John Means gives you five innings, three earns. The Orioles are facing Adam Wainwright, who, again, no disrespect to Adam Wainwright. He's one of the better pitchers of the last 20 years. Dude did not have the best ERA. So five innings. He ain't having his best year. He's not. Five innings, three earned from John Means should probably win you that baseball game last night. And not going to knock the Orioles offense. They've been unbelievable over the last few weeks. And you're allowed to have a clunker here and there. But John Means very much gave you a chance to win that game. Absolutely. Uh, and when I say nine times out of ten, I think this was the one. Um, yeah. Because usually this offense is going to go out there. And you can't win every game. It just can't happen. Right. Um, so, you know, don't you know lose your head over this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in most situations they, they win games like these. Yeah, and that's why they have 90-plus wins. You're going to have clunkers. But John sure. Means gave them a chance to win the game. Going forward, I don't see any reason that John Means can't do this every fifth day 
I don't know if John Means is going to be the same 360 ERA pitcher from a few seasons ago. Maybe that's not realistic to get him back up to major league speed and major league ready in the four or five starts he's going to get before the playoffs. He's probably going to get, what, three more starts? Yeah. I think three more starts before the playoffs. Maybe less. So it's probably not realistic to say, John Means, go give us seven innings, one earned. We know that he has that in him, but I'm not expecting it this season. But I think what is realistic for John Means is that he can give you five, six innings, 85-plus pitches. His next start, I'd like to see him get stretched out to 85 pitches. Maybe the start after that, he gets up closer to 90. Again, he doesn't have to throw 110, but 85, 90 pitches in his next start, I think could be a realistic expectation. Yeah, and I think it should be. And he also, honestly, he came back at a pretty solid time to warm up for the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, you get a couple starts in, and hopefully, like you said, they stretch him out a little bit uh, towards the end of this month and, and let him go what a normal length for him would have been a couple of seasons ago uh, and get him back to a spot where he feels like he's not even rehabbing anymore. He's just right. pitching again because that is ultimately the goal with a guy like this is to get him back into his mojo, his, his routine, uh, and put him back to where he was before the injury even happened. Yeah, but I think my biggest takeaway from last night is that John Means looks solid. Yeah. I, again, five innings, three earned runs is going to win you a lot of baseball games with how prolific this offense is. If he can do something along those lines for his next three starts before the playoffs, I'm feeling pretty solid about where John Means is heading into October. As am I, 100%. Let's talk October. Okay. Let's talk playoff rotation because John Means coming back certainly changes the calculus here for the Orioles. Let's start at the top, and we will start with Kyle Bradish. I mean, at this point, he is the bona fide ace of the team. He has a 303 ERA through 26 games, third best ERA in the American League, sixth best whip in the American League. I don't think there's a question that Kyle Bradish should start the first game of whatever playoff series you have. I mean, he has to. He has to. Um, I don't even think there's a question there. He, yeah. he has been really just rock solid all year long. He's allowed one run or less in 11 of his 26 starts this year. Only three times throughout the season has he allowed more than three runs in a start. It's really good. Um, he, he's had a fantastic season, Kyle Bradish. Uh, and when you say bonafide ace, I don't think a lot of people would have thought that coming into this year. I think everybody thought Kyle Gibson was going to kind of put the team on his back in that capacity. But it really has been Bradish. Uh, like you said the ERA that ranks towards the top in the AL just behind Sonny Gray and Garrett Cole uh, and the whip as well just outside the top five he has been everything and more for this team from the pitching staff yeah I think it's going to take a little while to be able to look at like the top five in ERA in baseball and not be like huh Kyle Bradish yeah I agree because we knew that Kyle Bradish had the potential to be really good I don't know how many people thought that Kyle Bradish had the potential to have the fifth best ERA in baseball. Because at the top of the list right now, you have guys like Blake Snell, Garrett Cole, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. Those are all studs. Yeah. And we are used to them being studs. And then you also have like Justin Steele and Kyle Bradish, where next year, I don't think we're going to be surprised to see those guys at the top if they're able to repeat this kind of production. 
But right now, it's like, huh? Justin Steele? Yeah, the first year they do it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, how is this going to stick? Is the bubble going to pop kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, and for Bradish, it just hasn't. I feel like that's been the feeling around him all season, is that, okay, he's been really, really good, but surely he'll have a bad start here, and, and it'll all go downhill at some point. But it just hasn't. I mean, yeah. he has been rock solid all year long, uh, and it's exactly what the Orioles have needed. Yeah, we saw flashes of it a season ago. Kyle Bradish has been able to put it all together. I'm sure maybe that'll be an off-season show where we just do a deep dive into Kyle Bradish and go, how the heck did yeah. this happen? But for right now, you take it. Kyle Bradish looks like one of the best pitchers in the American League, and he's going to start game one. He should start game one of whatever playoff series you have. Starting game two of whatever playoff series there is, I think I maybe lean Grayson Rodriguez. I do at too. this point, he looks like your solid number two right now. I think there's a case to be made for John Means, for Dean Kramer, who is really the only other starting pitcher in this rotation outside of Kyle Bradish, who has you know been pitching for the entire season, been able to make starts and maintain a pretty solid ERA outside of Kyle Gibson. But Grayson Rodriguez, I think, is your number two right now. He has a 2.95 ERA since his return from Norfolk in mid-July. Opponents are hitting 225 on base percentage is below 300. Grayson Rodriguez, we know, had this potential. Kyle Bradish, I think, came into the year and you were going, man, if Kyle Bradish turns into a number two, number three, I think you'd be thrilled with that. Grayson Rodriguez, you always knew had the potential to be one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And right now, I mean, it seems like he is early on that trajectory of already being pretty dominant. But again, since his return from Norfolk, where Grayson Rodriguez was able to figure some things out, he's got a sub-3 ERA. That's yeah. a dude. Yeah. I think he's your number two. And you talk about the numbers. He also has an opposing OPS of 612. Uh, teams just aren't scoring off of him. He's yeah. fantastic. So, and if you're into the analytics, a FIP of 311, fielding independent pitching, that would put him seventh in the majors uh, if it were on a full year scale. Right. Um, he, he's been really, really good. And the stuff is finally there. He has, I, I think it's pretty safe to say he's just got the most gross stuff in this rotation. Yeah. Um, like, he, he, he's fantastic. And the way he dominates hitters is so fun to watch. Uh, and like you said, in the last 10 starts since coming back uh, up into the majors, he's been so, so good. And it's been so fun to watch him because he's been pitching like an ace. Right. Uh, and I think you're right in saying that he's earned that number two spot in the rotation for the playoffs. I 100% agree. That's where I'd put him, too. After those two, things get tricky. Yeah. Because you have... A bunch of guys that have a case to be in the playoff rotation for one reason or another, and not a lot of guys that have given you a 100% solid, I need to be here sort of reason. So let's talk about the candidates. The reason that there is such a question after these two as well is because let's say, you know, hopefully this is not a discussion because hopefully the Orioles win the division. Maybe they finish the season as the number one seed in the American League. That would be awesome. They don't have to worry about a wild card round. They don't have to worry about a three-game series. They can prepare a rotation for up to a five-game series, and we can talk about that scenario and that scenario only. But the Rays are not going away, and there is still a discussion about the fact of 
I'm going to throw a hypothetical here Uh-oh. at you, Bones. Here we go. Let's say the Orioles are in a wild card series. They don't end up taking home the AL East division crown, and they need to play in a wild card series. Let's say that series goes to three games. Game one, you start Kyle Bradish. Game two, you start Grayson Rodriguez. I'm not even 100% sure that Grayson Rodriguez would get the ball in game two. He is still a rookie. He is still the youngest pitcher in this rotation. So maybe he doesn't, but in this hypothetical, we're giving the ball to who have been the two best pitchers over the last few months in Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez. Who gets the ball in game three, winner go home, wild card series? For me, it's between Dean Kramer and John Means. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think don't I'm think with there's there. a conversation for anybody else. Kramer, uh, I mean, his numbers on the season as a whole have not been tremendous, but as of late, August and September, he's got a 2.97 ERA. His start on Monday night wasn't pretty, um, but he has been really solid as of late over the last you know month or so. Yeah. Um, I think he could totally serve as your number three, but I'm not super confident in him. In regard to means, I guess I bring more confidence to the table with him just because I know the track record is there and that he has had success. Like you said, a 2019 All-Star and has mowed down hitters plenty in his career, uh, while Kramer is a little bit more uh, of an unproven guy. But he's played the whole season, and that's where the, the, you know... Uh, the routine of it gets into my mind. And, As okay, has Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Well, Gibson... As has I, Jack Flaherty. Yeah, Just but not for the Orioles. Those but. numbers, they don't speak to me. All right? They just don't. Um, I think I'm going to go with Dean Kramer here, though. Okay. Because also, in that scenario, I'd want to start the next series with John Means, and I'd be pretty happy about sure. that. Sure. So I, I'd be comfortable giving the ball to Dean Kramer in a game three. I think I would be comfortable giving the ball to Kramer as well, but if it's a... Winner go home game three. I think I give the ball to John Means. He has yeah. the pedigree. I know he it's only a, it's has such a toss up. It, it is. I, I know he only has one start so far in the big leagues, but he looked pretty good. He has had a lot of success in past seasons. Not a lot of these guys have playoff experience. If you want to go to somebody with playoff experience, you're looking at Jack Flaherty or you're looking at Kyle Gibson. But if I'm talking about who I want to give the ball to in a winner-go-home game three, I know John Means still needs to get built back up a little bit, and maybe he only gives you five innings of work in that game. But the Orioles' bullpen is also excellent. Maybe you would rather go for somebody who gives you five innings, two earns, and then just get it to the bullpen rather than Dean Kramer, who has fluctuated a little bit more. We'll see. But as of right now... I think I give the ball to John Means. Yeah, I mean, I can see arguments for both. I could totally see why Means should get the ball as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that point totally stands and is absolutely valid. That in, in a winner go home, you want the guy that you have more confidence in, and I can see why that is John Means. Uh, but at the same time, I think Dean Kramer, uh, in the last month or so, I think he might have earned it, too. You know, he's, yeah. pitched, he's pitched his butt off. Yeah, he's been awesome. And so let's move away from the winner go home game three hypothetical here and talk about if the Orioles are in the ALDS, a five-game series here. For game three and game four, I'm giving the ball to John Means and Dean Kramer yeah, in some that. sort of combination. Dean Kramer, as you mentioned, 29 starts this year, 425 ERA. The start against the Cardinals, not great. But before that, you mentioned he's been good over the last month or so. 
had an ERA just over two in his six starts since the beginning of August before that start against St. Louis. You do just need to hope with Dean Kramer that you get the the good Dean Kramer who gives you, you know, 14 quality starts on the year. He has had six starts this year allowing five or more earned runs. You hope you don't get five or more earned runs in a playoff start from Dean Kramer. And the last month or so has been a little bit more consistent. As I mentioned, it's been a really good month of August for Dean Kramer. But then you have a not great start against the Cardinals where it was very uncharacteristic. Everybody's allowed a blow up start here and there. But Dean Kramer has had more than a few. And so it's a little bit rocky giving him the ball to, you know, start in a playoff game just because you hope you get good Dean, right? You just, you hope you're not getting the Dean Kramer that's allowing five earned runs in six starts this year. Yeah, I mean, and there's no way of telling, of course. Um, But I feel like you're in a situation there where you've built your rotation, you have to trust it. Um, And you've got to throw out one of your best pitchers, and that's Dean Kramer, you know? Um, So you can't really shy away from him. It's where you get to the fifth spot that I think it gets super questionable. Well, here's my question. Do you need to go to the fifth spot? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Because... You just run a four-man. Look at the ALDS games this year. I'm just going to run through the exact dates. If we're talking about the ALDS and a potential rotation here for the Orioles. ALDS game one is the seventh. That's Kyle Bradish. Game two, the eighth. Let's say that's Grayson Rodriguez. Game three is the tenth. Let's say that's John Means. Game four is the eleventh. Let's say that's Dean Kramer. Game five is the 13th. So Kyle Bradish pitched on the 7th. He's got rest. Let's give him off 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Five days. That's five days rest. I pitched Kyle Bradish on the 13th. I would too. Yeah. 100%. You're running a four-man. I think you run a four-man. Because none of, I mean, I think there are, what's weird is, you know, there, there's a lot of people in the Kyle Gibson camp still. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about Kyle Gibson. We are there, getting a lot a, of comments about Kyle Gibson on YouTube and on Facebook. Thank you for following along live as we have this discussion. Let's have the Kyle Gibson conversation because it is really weird. If you were talking about Dean Kramer and saying, ah, he's allowed five earned runs and six of his starts this year, you're not sure exactly what Dean Kramer you're going to get. Kyle Gibson might be like the epitome of that for the Orioles this season. 29 starts with a 5-12 ERA. He's had a 7-32 ERA since the beginning of August. It's not a good ERA. He has also had some huge starts this year. He has 15 quality starts in his 29 outings. I'm just going to run through some starts that Kyle Gibson has had against really good lineups. Seven innings, two earned against the Rangers. Six innings, two earned against the Rays. Seven innings, one earned against the Jays. Seven innings, no earned against the Yankees. Seven innings, two earned against the Twins. You get the point. More good starts against the Rays, Phillies, Jays, the Mets. Eight innings, three earned against the Blue Jays. That's a lot of good starts against a lot of good offenses. Yes. And then he, also, he has some bad starts. He also gave up seven to the White Sox. Right. So it's like, I, I don't even know how to feel. Yeah. You know, like, in in those, you know, you said the 732 ERA. In that time, guys are hitting 319 against him. I think there's also something to be said about how you're pitching up until the playoffs. You know? Sure. Um, if you're really cold going into October, I'm not sure I'm comfortable giving you the ball. Um, and that's kind of the situation that Kyle Gibson is in right now. 
But at the same time, like you said, he's a veteran. He has some experience. He's been on a lot of good teams. Uh, he's pitched against a lot of good teams this year and pitched really well against them. Yeah, uh, It's hard not to think about whether or not he deserves it. He's got something like 15 quality starts this year. Yeah, 15. Um, he, he's, he's got some uh, plenty left in the tank. It's just a matter of whether or not you're confident enough that you're going to get it out of him in a playoff start. And I don't know that I am. Yeah, he's an 11-year veteran with playoff experience. He has one career playoff start, though. He has one start in 2019 with the Twins, started one game in the ALDS against the Yankees, pitched just one inning, three-year run. Excuse me, that wasn't even a start. Kyle Gibson doesn't have a playoff start in his career. He has been coming out of the bullpen in the postseason, came out of the bullpen for the Phillies last year, didn't allow a run in two innings of postseason work a season ago. Kyle Gibson is so important to this clubhouse. He is incredibly important to this team. He has eaten a lot of innings this season. I think fans are really split on whether or not they want to see Kyle Gibson start a playoff game and if Kyle Gibson will start a playoff game. I mean, friend of the show, Connor Newcomb, tweeted from the Lockdown Orioles account that he still gives Kyle Gibson the ball in the playoffs and got cooked. He got cooked. He got cooked on the artist formerly known as Twitter.com. So, I don't know. I genuinely don't know whether Kyle Gibson is going to get the ball or not in the playoffs. Yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> it's, it's really unclear. I it's mean, the quality unclear. starts are there. Again, I, I rattled off how many good starts he has had against really good teams, but for as many great starts as Kyle Gibson has had this year. He has had some pretty not good starts. Yeah, and the two guys that he's maybe competing with for that fifth spot, Flaherty and Irvin, I'm not sure touch him. But Cole Irvin's got a weird conversation. I will say that. I think you'll see him out of the bullpen strictly. Yeah, but I agree. He does have a weird conversation. Say they need like an opener for a game or something, like I could see them trotting out Cole Irvin. Sure. I could see that. I don't think Cole Irvin gets the kind of start where you go, hey, Cole, give me six innings. No, I don't think so either. But Cole Irvin, if you wanted to go bullpen game, I don't really know why they would because I think at this point you have a pretty solid four-man rotation, if not five. I don't know if Cole Irvin at any point is going to be needed as an opener, but I could certainly see it. If push comes to shove. He's played well against good teams. Yeah. Yeah, he had that start in August, August 12th against the Mariners. Two hits, no runs, and a one nothing win. I mean, he was great in that game. Went five innings. Yeah. So, he's he's pitched well. I don't think he'll get the ball for a start, and I don't think he should, but he's another arm that you have that would be competing with Kyle Gibson for that spot like Jack Flaherty would. Right. And, I mean, let's say you play the Mariners. In your first game, I mean, Kyle Gibson went five and a third, 12 hits, nine earned against the Mariners. Hard to ignore that. Yeah. It's difficult to ignore. Let's talk about Jack Flaherty. Another really weird discussion because Jack Flaherty has not put up the numbers that he has hoped in an Orioles uniform. Six starts with Baltimore, ERA over seven. You traded for Jack Flaherty at the deadline with the hopes that Jack Flaherty was going to be in your playoff rotation. I think that was the expectation with Jack Flaherty. Whether you're going five-man, four-man, whatever it may be, the hope was that Jack Flaherty was going to be that guy for you absolutely in the playoffs. That's the reason you gave up Cesar Prieto, who was mashing 
in AAA Norfolk. He, I think he was hitting like 330 at that point. That's the reason you gave up Drew Rahm, who was probably a top five pitching prospect in the organization and had shown some good flashes in AAA. He's currently at the majors. He's actually pitching against the Orioles tonight. And Jack Flaherty has not shown you enough in an Orioles uniform to inspire a ton of confidence that he should get the ball for a playoff start. However, if you want to talk about pedigree and you want to talk about somebody that you know has the potential to go out and dominate a game, you're looking at Jack Flaherty. He has the most playoff experience on this team with a 352 ERA in his playoff career. His last playoff start came in 2020 where against the Padres, he got one start in the wildcard series, went six innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts. He is the only person in this rotation right now that has gotten it done in the playoffs, but he has not gotten it done in an Orioles uniform right now. So it's a weird conversation. If I were Brandon Hyde, I don't think with good conscience I could give Jack Flaherty the ball in a huge start. I just don't. I mean, the numbers have just not been good. And a lot of the times, I'm somebody to say, okay, let's throw the numbers out and look at what he's done. But it's only six starts. You know, the sample size is what it is. And he just has not been strong in those six starts. An ERA above seven, a whip above one six. I mean, the hits per nine is 11 and a half, two home runs per nine. I just don't think he could. And, and I know that he's been he's been in, I think, a, a championship series, a division series, and a wild card. Yeah. But I just, I don't think that he's the guy this year. And, and maybe that, I mean, I don't want to say that the trade didn't work out, but I think you just have to move on with what you have. Yeah, I mean, in the 2019 NLDS, you mentioned it too. Two starts in that series gives you 13 innings, 16 strikeouts, four and runs, two walks. That's outstanding. That's elite. Yeah. That's outstanding. But in 2019. In 2019. Not. Yeah. But we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about John Means, who was good in 2019 and 2021. Well, he was good we're last night, at, too. We're looking at past seasons, too. I just don't he think. He was good last I night. I just don't think 2019 Jack Flaherty's walking through that door. What I if Jack don't. Flaherty, again, we're still a few weeks removed from the playoffs here. This conversation could change in a few weeks, and I'm sure we will talk about it again down the line as we do our playoff shows. What if Jack Flaherty gives you three good outings heading into the playoffs? What if Kyle What's Gibson good? gives Define you... good. What if in his next start, Jack Flaherty goes six innings, three earned, seven strikeouts? Because we know okay. Jack Flaherty can strike guys What out. about the next one? Five innings, two earned, five strikeouts, three walks. That's not so promising. I don't know. <laughs> what if... What if over the next three starts, Jack Flaherty is just solid. They need to have a conversation for it. You give him the ball because of the playoff pedigree? I think there's a possibility. In game five? Instead of Braddish? No. Probably not. Yeah. You're no. Not. No, you're not. Game four? No. I'll give it to John Means or Dean Kramer. Okay. Yeah, I'm I just I'm leaving Jack Flash off. I, I'm not even saying that I would. I'm just I'm throwing I like, stuff You're playing out. devil's advocate. I like sticks. that out of you. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's it's solid. It's Braddish, Grayrod, uh, Dean, and then Means. Yeah, I'm with I you. you flip. I probably flip Means and Dean. But again, we'll, we'll see how this conversation changes 
over the next few weeks, yeah. a lot of these guys might get three more starts. And let's say Kyle Gibson ends the year with 18 quality starts. He gives you three more to end the season, and he seems like a hot hand going into the playoffs. I mean, shoot, Kyle Gibson could get game two. Yeah, it would be real. That, then the conversation gets so much more difficult. Yeah. If he goes out there and plays really well in his last few starts of the year. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a weird conversation, too, because, you know, do you just go with the veterans over no. Grayson Rodriguez? I don't think I wouldn't. But no. do you go with veterans over Grayson Rodriguez? Grayson you go Rodriguez, with, you need him. Do you go with guys that have pitched the entire season over John Means? No. I don't do that either. Although, I, I, don't I will either. say, just, I think it's incredibly dependent on how John Means plays. If John Means goes and gets blown up in the next couple starts, I think the conversation around him is wildly different. Not anticipating that. I don't think but it's, it's going to happen. But if it did, the conversation becomes a lot different than it is now. Right. So, there's that. We will be having this conversation again as Good. we lead into the playoffs. As of right now, we're thinking playoffs. Maybe we just do a show for every playoff game. Tell us if you'd like that. Let us we know. Some feedback. If you would like to come hang out, do a little game preview, let us know. Because Matt Bonaparte and I, we will be here. For every Orioles home playoff game, we will be here. And we are looking forward to seeing a packed Camden Yards. Regardless of who gets the ball, it is going to be a very, very exciting time to be an Orioles fan. I am really looking forward to the next few weeks. Really looking forward to this weekend. If you can make it to Camden Yards for this series against the Rays, whew, that's going to be a series. Playoff-like atmosphere at this series, I'm, I'm anticipating. That's the playoffs. Yeah. I, I know there's a week after this, a week plus after this Rays series, series where you, know, you are on the road facing some teams, but this series against the Rays is a playoff series. It could very well determine the division. As of right now, the Orioles have a three-game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. This weekend is going to be massive. You have the Adam Absolutely. Jones ceremony on Friday. It's going to be a really fun time at Camden Yards. I'm pretty amped for the energy. There's nothing I, like Camden Yards when it's bumping. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. And, I mean, you've got the pitching matchups, too. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez against Tyler Glass now. It's like, going to be some good stuff. Whew. It's going to be awesome. If you can get to Camden Yards, this series against the Rays is the time to do it. And in the meantime, make sure you're checking out the Bird's Nest you can follow along with us live on Facebook and YouTube, 11 a.m. every week. Or you can catch us after the fact, if I remember to post it, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and digital shows, you can find The Bird's Nest. Got a lot of comments from you guys today. Thank you so much for hanging out. We hope we will see you again next week. He is Matt Bonaparte. I am Brandon Mortensen. Big thanks to Amy Jennings behind the scenes. We'll catch you next time.